What's up? It's episode 47, Pain Points of Wealth, and it's rinse, wash, repeat. As earnings just keep coming in better than better as we're recording this, tech companies are coming out with earnings this week, and they're just blowing the doors off estimates. No surprises there. Meanwhile, this new variant of the COVID virus is running rampant around the globe. Is that going to slow economic growth? Is that going to be a problem for the stock market? And Bitcoin, Bitcoin is actually having a revival here. Is Bitcoin the currency of the future? Maybe it is now. Well, we're going to break it all down for you. And on the tipping point today, we're going to talk about mindless diversification is mindless. What mindless types of ways do you diversify your money that's not getting you to your goals? We're going to tell you exactly how to diversify your money. Check it out. We got a great show for you this morning. Hit the music. Welcome to the Pain Points of Wealth, the podcast that addresses the pain points that come with creating, growing, and sustaining your wealth, giving you a multi-generational perspective from three pains in a pod, Bob Payne, the boomer, Chris Payne, the millennial, and Ryan Payne, the generation somewhere in between. Hey guys, went back and I researched all of my investment strategy books, and it tells you that during the course of any market, you usually have a 5 or 10% correction at least once, twice, or three times a year, of course, until you don't. So far this year, we haven't had a 5% correction. Actually, they tried to pull the market back last week for one day. We had 3% down. It was all made up the next day, new highs the following Friday. What the heck's going on? Well, I'll tell you what's going on is there's just so much money sitting in cash accounts right now. In fact, the latest estimate I saw, there's $4.5 trillion sitting in money market funds. And last week when we did get that big sell-off and everyone said, this is it, finally, we're going to get that market correction that every strategist on Wall Street's been telling us about. You had $2.2 billion come into the market of retail investors just buying up the stock market. Guys, with all that cash out there, I'm hard-pressed to think this market's going down. Well, you know what, guys, to Ryan's point about the fact that there's so much cash on the sidelines right now, I talked to a client of mine yesterday, and he told me that he's got a million dollars in cash that I didn't know about it. Can't believe that. And he's like, you know, I missed my opportunity. I missed the boat. And I said, well, listen, the market waits for no person. I was like, we need to get that money invested right away. I'm like, don't wait because the market's not going to wait for you. You know, guys, I always say bull markets never let you in. If you're sitting with cash on the sidelines, you're green with envy. You're watching all your neighbors make money, watching everybody at work make money, and you're scratching your head like, when do I get in? And the problem is there's just way more money out there than normal because the government's been printing money. You know, these PPP loans a lot of our clients got, you know, their companies received, they don't have to pay them back. Pretty sure some of that money's finding its way into the equity market. Well, you know, we talked about this last week and talked about this a lot, but it really comes down to where else is money going to go, right? I mean, yes, a lot of this money is going to get spent in the economy, which again, that's great for earnings of companies. But companies right now are taking advantage of the fact that they can essentially borrow cheap. So you're going to see a lot of stock buybacks this year, and they're going to see increases on their dividends. I mean, from the estimates I'm looking at this year, just in stock buybacks and just in the dividends are going to pay out, the S&P is going to pay like 3.9%. That has nothing to do with whether the market goes up or down. Meanwhile, what are you earning in cash right now? 0.00001%. So I think it just comes down to money's got to go where the best opportunity is. The stock market obviously, is one of the best opportunities. You know, one of the things, guys, I love about the equity market is financial engineering. I mean, it's actually legal to go out and borrow money, buy back the shares of your stock. Now, if you buy back stock in the open market, it reduces the number of shares out there, which means when earnings come out, they actually have a bigger impact on the stock price. So you can artificially, legally 
increase the value of your stock. And guess how CEOs get compensated? They get compensated based on not how well the company does, but how well the stock does. What, what CEO in his right mind is not out there buying stock back right now? Yeah, and this on top of the financial engineering, Bob, it's almost like everybody who refinanced their mortgage, like Carnival Cruise is a great example of this. They had $2.4 billion worth of bonds last year or money that they raised that they were borrowing at 11.5% because their business was dead. Well, now they're going down to the open market. They're able to refinance that debt down to 4% a year from you know 11.5%. That's going to save them $135 million a year. So companies are borrowing cheap. To your point, Bob, they're buying back stock and demand for their services are going up. It's like it doesn't get better than this right now if you're the CEO of a public company and a shareholder. It's like this is a great time to be an equity owner. Well, it does get worse than this for people who own bond funds, right? Because what happens is the bond funds bought those 11% Carnival Cruise Line bonds, and now they get paid back, and now they're only getting 4%. It stinks to have a bond fund. You got to have your money in the stock market and individual bonds. Well, that just seems absolutely crazy to put your money in investment like that. I mean, there's huge risk. You're getting 11.5%, you're sitting pretty, and then all of a sudden you turn around, and now you're only getting 4%, you know, almost a, a little more than a 50 plus percent reduction in what your return is. That's terrible. Well, that's what I always say, Chris. Bond funds are weapons of mass financial destruction. Don't walk away, run away. You know, I always call them the Trojan horse of the bond world because they're dressed up like a bond, they're marketed like a bond, but they'll completely destroy your city if you let them in. The other thing to look at right now too is, and this amazes me because the media is just so negative all the time, right? And that's one of the reasons we have our podcast, just to counter all the negative information out there. And I know we're hearing a lot about this Delta variant of the COVID virus, and we're hearing about how we're getting resurgence in the virus and how it's going to slow economic activity. But you know, if you go on just some of these websites that track how many people have the vaccine, you have 33 million people globally every day getting the vaccine. In fact, you know, I looked at the statistics on this, in the next eight months, 75% of the population at this pace is going to be vaccinated. And we know that Delta variant and all the new cases that are coming out right now, it's like 97% of people that aren't vaccinated. I don't know why they do this. The news is actually pretty good. I know why they do it, right? Because it bleeds, it leads. You know, the media doesn't make any money telling you good news, right? They want to tell you about all the headwinds and why things aren't working and why this COVID variant is going to be worse than what we had before. You know, the Delta variant is going to be worse than the COVID virus. They want to scare you so you tune in and keep you worried. But here's the thing, Chris, last weekend, I got an email from one of our favorite clients, the Colonel. Colonel sent me an article about this strategist who has this impeccable record of predicting short-term drops. Well, you know what's great about the internet? You can research what these guys have said before. And he predicted that the last three years were going to be low single-digit returns. You know, we had, what, 30% two years ago, 22% last year, we're up 20% this year. Low single-digit returns. Who's going to follow that Yahoo? Well, you know what? These strategists didn't make bad predictions. They wouldn't make any predictions. That's true. I mean, you even have a major Wall Street firm, their strategists out saying, expect a 10 to 15% correction. Now, we said that 10 to 15% ago. So if the market corrects now, it goes back to where it was when he said we were going to have a correction. What kind of investment strategy is that? You can't listen to these people. You have to have a strategy based on your goals. Well, I mean, look, I mean, the backdrop right now, if you want to just keep it simple, and you know, we like to keep it simple here, paying capital management is, it's pretty awesome, right? I mean, you got central banks, they literally have fiscal and monetary policy cranked to 11 to give you a spinal tap reference there, right? I mean, the bottom line is and money is just so, so abundant right now. It's so cheap. Every company is taking advantage of it. Every individual is taking advantage of it. And again, a lot of money is going to find its way back in the stock market. You've got vaccination rates. They're going to continue to go up. And we know if you're vaccinated, it's a very low odds you're going to get the actual coronavirus. <laughs> so that's good news. And the economy is roaring back, right? We're going to see 
some of the best GDP growth that we've seen since 1984. Guys, like, you know, I mean, there's no reason to focus on the minutiae here. This big picture forces are going to drive everything. Well, that's the problem, right? People like to focus on minutiae because they're emotional and they think they can time the market, think they can beat the market. You know, you have to be in it to win it. That's the whole key. And by the way, Chris, if he starts, keeps using these references to these rock groups, I spinal tap, you know, that's what they did to my back when they worked on it the other day. I don't even know what your brother's talking about anymore. Well, I think we all know, Dad, that Ryan's true passion in life is music. And, you know, if he wasn't doing podcasts, he'd be on the road doing a U.S. international tour with a rock band. Could still happen, guys. Could still happen. The other thing to think about here, too, is just the supply and demand right now. You know, talking about a lot of stock buybacks are happening this year. Like, dear Bob, that's an artificial way to basically bump up the price of your stock. And if your shareholder is very good. But the other thing is, you know, these SPACs that came out last year, there were a ton of SPACs last year that came out into the market, which is basically like an IPO where they skirt the regulations. Well, they're slowing down this year. So there's a lot less stock out there. And again, we still have all this cash out there to buy. So from a supply and demand perspective, there's more money ready to buy stock, but there's less stock to buy. Just another reason here, you know, your biggest risk here is markets could go a lot higher. Well, that's the problem with cryptocurrency, with SPACs, with IPOs. You know, you'll have one person in a million who hit it big. Chris, you were telling me about a client of yours who had someone who worked with them who made a million dollars in crypto, cashed in and retired. But that's like saying, you know, wait, hey, should I be doing that? Yeah, it's like going down the Atlantic City Casino. Somebody hit it big on red. So you should do the same thing. What are the chances that anyone's going to take a million dollars out of a casino? Maybe one person, not you. Well, Dad, the best part about that is this particular person is within five or six years of retirement. And I said, let me ask you a question. I said, an investment that loses 40% of his value in a three-month period, I said, do you think that's appropriate for someone who's getting ready to take money out of his portfolio and have his portfolio sustain him and his family for the rest of his life? Sounds like a buzzkill to me, Chris. Bob, I think you said it best earlier this week. You don't get rich buying into a fad. Now, I'll tell you what, Rob, you want to stay away from fads. And here's the thing, you know, with private equity, buying companies, taking them, from being public to being private. You have SPACs taking companies from being public, being private. You have mergers and acquisitions going on. You have every corporate CEO buying back stock. You want to be in the stock market because stocks are becoming more scarce. Believe it or not, there are less shares of stock today than there were just 20 years ago. So if something is scarce, it makes it more valuable and you want it to be more valuable going up in your account. That's what we're recommending. That's our story. We're sticking to it. Hey, hope you're enjoying episode 47, Pain Points of Wealth. If you're enjoying our podcast, give us a five-star rating. If you're watching this on YouTube, don't be shy. Click that like button. Subscribe to our channel. You can click that notification bell so you can be updated of all our new content that comes out every single week. Thank you for our support. We've literally doubled our listenership. We're going to keep it growing. But if you like it, please don't be shy. Give us some love. All right, Chris and Bob, it's the tipping point. This is where we pinpoint the pain point, having the biggest impact on your wealth right now. So Bob and Chris, one of the most critical aspects of anyone's financial plan is income. Not only do you have to have an income plan, but is your income diversified? As we know from the 2,000 or so families that we manage at our firm, Pain Capital Management, mindless diversification is mindless. Not only is it mindless, right? But when you have mindless diversification, it's a minefield. I'm going to think about that one all night, Bob. <laughs> That's a great analogy, Dad. And what could go wrong if you're walking through a minefield? Because you just don't know what you're stepping on. And actually, I'll give you guys a great example I was looking at a portfolio of, of somebody I met with recently, and they had all these great stocks in their portfolio. The only problem is, is that they were all growth stocks. So this person was getting very close to retirement. And the problem with growth stocks is that they pay very little dividends. So the entire portfolio was literally dependent on the gyrations of the market. 
Yeah, well, I think the theory is I could sell off shares of those stocks, you know, in retirement. But, you know, you take the 2008 decline, the 2000 decline, suddenly, you know, the little bit you're taking out every month, you get a 50% haircut. You get a little bit nervous about whether or not you'll be able to keep taking money out. Not a good strategy. And who doesn't like to sell their stock when it's down 50%? Well, I think the thing is too, and we find this all the time, is you don't realize, you think you have a lot of different investments. They're invested in different places that you actually have true diversification. But as we know on Wall Street, what they love to do is sell you what's working the best in lots of different forms. So you may own a growth fund over here you know, and it has a different name on it than the growth fund you own over here, but they own all the same names. Or you know, even owning something like cryptocurrency and growth stocks, well, a lot of times because they're working at the same time, when the music stops, they're probably going to stop working at the same time as well. And that's not true diversification. You know, guys, and that's really the whole point. You think investing is about making money or outperforming. It's not. It's about getting that return on investment that you need to achieve, get to your goals. That's why we created the A to B approach. And it's at point A, where you build that foundation of passive income streams that you have to incorporate into your plan because you have to make the right decisions. You can make some really bad decisions on the most important income streams of your life. Well, anything with planning shouldn't be all or none, right? That's the one thing that we've learned over the years is you don't want an all or none strategy. And this actually helps too when you're deploying capital. We talk about this a lot too, like you're Chris, you have a client who's sitting with a million dollars in cash and you feel like, okay, well, if I put it into the stock market right now while it's going up and up and up, I know the day I put that money in the market, that's the day the market's going to crash and I'm going to feel bad about myself. But that's what diversification is about because you know we always say this, but like what market? Where are you putting the money? Because invariably, if you're putting your money in lots of different pockets of the market, real estate, you have social security coming in, Bob, to your point. Well, it's never an all or none solution. Your money's getting spread out into lots of different areas so that, you know, isn't going to be one single action or event that happens that's going to derail your total portfolio or vice versa. You're not going to have everything working at the same time either. That's kind of the other side of the coin. And the reality of the situation is that to your point, right, it's not an all or nothing proposition. You know, it's not just a one time, one shot deal. The stock market's gone up for 200 plus years. And that client that you mentioned that has the million dollars in cash, you know, one of the things I suggested is that, look, you don't have to add it all in at once. We could add it in slowly over time if you wanted. I said, but the reality is, is that you really just have to be in. You know, you have to be in to be able to make money. Yeah, but it's impossible to be in if you don't understand why you need to be in, right? You need a purpose and a strategy. And, you know, I think there's so much time and effort spent on what did I miss out? How come I don't have any of this in my portfolio? Oh, geez, I, if I had all my money in Tesla, look how much money I would have made. And you can leave millions of dollars on a table if you make the wrong decision on when to take Social Security, if you don't set up the beneficiary properly on your assets or your pension benefits. There's so many important, simple decisions you have to make, but they have to be made in the context of what you and your family want to achieve. I think FOMO, fear of missing out, is probably the biggest enemy of investors because people always think about what could have been versus what can be. You know, They look at what they missed out on rather than what they could possibly gain in the future. And that's why it's important to have a plan and have a roadmap. Well, here's my favorite. You know, you'll get someone to say to you, hey, Ryan, hey, Bob, hey, Chris, this one fund you have is doing really, really well. And so is this other fund. But this other index you have over here, that's been underperforming now for a year or two. Why don't we just get rid of that and put all the money into the winners? <laughs> you and I know that's the worst thing you can possibly do. Well, that leads to the number one Bobism. Past performance is 100% indicative of past performance. It has no predictive power whatsoever. Something went up 18% last year. Doesn't mean it's going to go up 18% next year. Chances are, if it's the best performer, it'll be the worst performer. That's what makes investing so frustrating. Well, the odds are, too, if you're really diversified, everything in your portfolio shouldn't be working. You know, that's a red flag. If you have everything going up right now and you're thinking, man, oh, man, 
I'm killing it, or I've got a financial advisor that's so smart, you're probably in big trouble <laughs> because that means that everything that's working right now when the music stops is probably not going to work all at the same time as well. Whereas the whole idea of diversification or what we call low correlation is all the things in your portfolio that aren't working all of a sudden come to life when whatever's working in your portfolio right now stops working. That's really the key to diversification. So it's not a good thing if your portfolio is just crushing it right now and everything's going up. I would be afraid. And right, Chris, who doesn't love their portfolio right now? You know, we're having one of the best years we've ever had in the history of the stock market and financial assets. Everything's up this year, almost everything except for gold and in crypto on any other given day. But that's the problem with big booming bull markets. You know, you think you're doing really well and you don't realize that you have 10 or 15 or 20 percent in cash, that you have overlap in your portfolio. You know what Warren Buffett says, guys, you don't know who's swimming naked until the tide goes out. That tide's going to go out. You don't want to be embarrassed sitting on that beach in your birthday suit. And that's, I mean, that's also, hey, I think everyone wants to see my birthday suit, but that's just my delusional way of being. But, you know, that's the great point is, you know, the overlap is one of the things that we see all the time. We build the spreadsheet. I love it, where we just take all your investments, we put them on a spreadsheet, and we label everything by what category it goes under. And that's where we find that you have like all these different investments. They're at different firms, but they're all in the same category, hence overlap. And that's the, where the huge risk is. You know, it's kind of like we just take that detector and we're able to go and show where that hot spot is. And, you know, that's something you want to address to your point, Bob when the wind's at your back, not when the tide's already gone out. But see, guys, that's the problem with Wall Street, right? Wall Street likes to sell what's easy. They always promote what's already up. That's why last week when we had that temporary drop in the market, we saw billions of dollars going into the S&P 500 because it's easy for Wall Street to sell that to you. They keep promoting what's already up until it isn't. And then it's too late for you. Well, Dad, I always say that if we invested based on the news, none of us would make any money. And I'll tell you what, guys, I was doing a proposal for a client of mine, and he had 50 different mutual funds. And the biggest holding in each of those mutual funds was Microsoft. So like, 30% of the entire portfolio is in Microsoft. And before we even said anything, he's like, I know this is a really diversified portfolio. What he didn't realize once we did that stock intersection report, which shows you know, where each of the holdings are, is that he was way overweighted in one stock and in fact was not diversified at all. Chris, we see that week after week. Well, because all these fund managers end up owning all the same stocks. It's just Wall Street overweights the overweight. So whatever's working, not only are you as an individual buying those positions in your portfolio, but Wall Street does the same thing. They like to buy what's hot right now too. And that's the problem with our industry in general is Wall Street's basically veering you into the rocks and you don't even know it because they like the momentum trade just as much as you do. And essentially, that's the problem with our whole industry. Well, what happens is the rational investor, which we all believe are rational, although if you sat in my desk for 47 years, you'd find out some people aren't, but most of us are rational. And a rational investor sells high, buys low, rebalances their portfolio, spreads the risk around because you don't want to get kicked in the teeth in the next big bear market. The irrational investor lets their portfolio drift you know, with the whims of the market. So you end up overweighted in what's most dangerous at the most dangerous period right before a big drop in the market. So just like an Aesop's fable, right? We want to be the rational tortoise, not the irrational hare. Bob, Chris, and I now have a collective 75 years helping individuals just like you with your planning and investing. This is literally what we do every single day. Everything you hear on this podcast, along with some due diligence of your own, can help you get ahead financially at any stage of your journey. But if you want a more hands-on approach 
and you've saved over $750,000, we'll put together for you a complimentary financial review. You can see if you qualify by simply going to www.paincm.com slash financial plan or click on the link below. We'll put together a full audit of your investments, the fees you're paying, tax optimization, and a complete savings and income plan to ensure you're on the right track to achieving financial independence. Simply go to www.paincm.com slash financial plan to see if you qualify for a free financial review. Hey, hope you're enjoying episode 47, Pain Points of Wealth. Don't be shy. Give us that five-star rating if it's on iTunes, if you like our content. If you're watching this on YouTube, click on that like button. You can subscribe to our channel. If you click that notification bell, you can be updated of all our new content every single week. We appreciate all the support we've gotten. We've doubled our listenership. Keep joining the party. Give us some likes. Show us some love. And with that, gentlemen, let's talk about the hidden facts of finance. Random financial facts that may surprise you or even shock you. All right, Bob. Con Ed is the oldest issue on the New York Stock Exchange listed decades before Thomas Edison was even born, originally known as New York Gas Light Company. You know, Ryan, this is why I love the stock market. Not only has this company been listed for that period of time, but they've increased, not just paid, but increased their dividend 47 years in a row and counting. You know, that's what stocks are, the golden goose that not only lay golden eggs, but lay more and additional eggs every single year. You can't get better than that. The magic of investing is compounding those dividends, Bob. You heard it here first. Chris, being a loan shark is not as profitable as being a business owner. The Bloomberg Barclays High Yield Bond ETF, aka junk bonds, currently yields 4.6%. Basically, you're lending like a loan shark. This historically low yield on high-risk debt may not justify the risks of default that accompany these type of bonds. Well, I think you should stay away from any investment that's labeled as junk. Furthermore, owning high dividend paying stocks is definitely going to be way more profitable and sometimes even less risky than owning something called a junk bond. So stay away from that. Bob said he's been lending money on the street for 11%. That sounds a lot better. And he says it's all cash, but that's another business. Bob, the housing market's fundamentals are strong from the explosion in births around 33 years ago. Consumers born then are entering their peak years for starting families and buying homes. The current situation is nothing like the bubble of the 2000s when one person was buying four houses as a speculation. You know, Riley, every day I wake up and just like every other baby boomer, we're disappointed. There's actually a generation that's bigger and more impactful than ours. I can't believe it. But they're out there buying homes. They're no longer on the couch in their parents' basement. They're buying homes. They're making big money. Every new client that comes in the door, one out of every three is a millennial. I'll tell you what, I love it. It's an uh, ongoing bull market with the biggest generation since my favorite, the baby boomers. Hey, and also it stands in complete contrast to all the videos out there talking about a big real estate crash coming. Based on that supply-demand demographics right now, we're probably not going to see some sort of housing crash. Just saying. Even funnier, Rye, you have a lot of the millennials are competing with the baby boomers that are downsizing their big mega mansions. So everybody wants the same size house. That's why the prices are going through the roof. Unbelievable. Who would have guessed this 10 years ago we'd be in another housing boom? But that's the way the world works. One cycle after another. Chris, oil demand is expected to reach pre-pandemic levels next year with demand growth going to 99.9 million barrels per day. Implied gasoline demand climbed past 10 million barrels per day for the week ending July 2nd, a record high based on government data going back to 1992. Well, talk about cycles, Rye. This time a year ago, nobody was taking any trips. Nobody was using gas. 
And if you fast forward to now, every single one of my 150 plus clients is not only taking just one trip this year, they're taking multiple. They're taking cruises, they're flying on airplanes, they're taking road trips. So it's no surprise that the demand for oil has gone up substantially. You heard it here first. Oil's going up, real estate's going up, get invested. Hey, Ryan, sounds like Chris's clients are just like him. Not only is he taking one, two, multiple trips this year, he's got more planned. Can you believe it? It's good to be Chris, Bob. That's all I know. It's good to be Chris. Well, when you're in the rainmaker at this firm, I can take a couple of trips a year. That's news to me, Bob. (laughs) Well, another great show. As always, stay loose and keep an open mind. Thanks for listening to The Pain Points of Wealth. Hopefully, you found the ideas discussed in this episode valuable and useful for your own financial journey. You can find out more about Bob, Brian, and Chris's firm, Payne Capital Management, at BeBullish.com or through the contact information found in the description of this episode in your podcast player or app. Join us next week for another episode of The Pain Points of Wealth, brought to you by Payne Capital Management. Information provided on today's show is provided for informational purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information is obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed.